0: Welcome to the 25 Stay Alive podcast with Hugo and Dahlia, two cancer survivors who are passionate in helping the lives of others. Nothing is off limits, so prepare yourself for tears, laughter and goosebumps.
1: And Dahlia talking about poo. Ni hao, ni hao ma.
0: mi dalmi chi. Wait, what does
1: that mean?
0: That's uh, literally Chinese for I don't know, never mind.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that's not really, you have to figure out how to say good. Like, how are you? Doesn't your brother speak fluent Chinese? You should be better than that. I know,
0: he's pretty good at Chinese. It's one of those, you know, from school days when you learn like, like a couple sayings from your school languages. So for French, a big one I've always remember is jam la baba foot, which means I like table soccer. You know, the table soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> jam la baba oh, foot. I
1: was, I was just about to say, surely the only thing you know how to say is, can I go to the toilet? <laughs>
0: yeah, true. And then my Chinese is, and it makes me sound really good, but it actually means, I don't know, never mind. Anyway. You had a good day, mate? Yes, yes, not too bad, actually. Got a point with my doctor coming up in the, the coming weeks, and we'll uh, hopefully see if the medication or the treatment I'm on is doing what it needs to do, so... Look, it's hard to know at this stage, but I'm, uh, you know, taking every day as it comes. But how about yourself? How's your day been?
1: Yeah, my day was good. I hung out with my cousins, um, but yeah, same goes for me. I've got an appointment on Thursday with my surgeon, which I think he'll be determining when my ileostomy reversal will be. I think that Ooh. that's what he'll talk about in this appointment. But this is sort of brings us to what we want to talk about: is ileostomies in general, because you kind of didn't realize how. Unsure, we were about how other people felt about looking at stomas themselves.
0: For those listening, it's a very, uh, very special day actually. I just got invited to Dahlia's Google Drive Stoma album. So I know you've <laughs> got
1: a whole album dedicated to my Stomi.
0: So now when I'm feeling down, I can just scroll through and look at Dahlia's stomas, which seems a bit <laughs> absolutely make you smile. It is something that for those following my journey, And Dahlia's journey. They obviously know that Dahlia's proud of her stoma baby, as she puts it. And I have to face the very real reality that I may probably need a stoma uh, coming up if I can't get on top of this inflammation in my bowel. So, everyone I talk to about it and I say, I might need a stoma, I might need a colostomy bag, they say, Oh, what's that? So, for those listening and have no idea what we're actually talking about, what is kind of a quick, down and dirty summary of exactly what? A, literally down and dirty, no pun intended, but um, (laughs) of what what, A, what your stoma is, B, why you have it, uh, and C, you know, I suppose what it's actually doing to you and how you live live your life with it.
1: Well, I will say one thing that I went into my surgery back in October with a statistic my doctor said to me 95% chance you will not need the bag. So when I did wake up with the stoma and a bag, I was quite surprised. And so the re- I'll go into the reason why I have the stoma is because the tumor that I had was very low down to my rectum mm-hmm. and the lower, lower end of your bowel, there's much less blood vessels in that area. So when they took out that 30 centimeter chunk of my bowel and then pulled down the rest to sort of reattach it, because there's not a lot of blood supply in that area, right. the join has a higher chance of leaking it goes up the lower it goes down the more likely you are to have a leak
0: you still have part of your colon and so do i but the difference is is that we basically got the completely other sides of our colons or large bowels taken out so yours was towards the lower end towards your rectum area whereas mine was towards the higher end so hence why i didn't need the stoma for this particular instance whereas you did
1: well because that was the thing i woke up with it and i was just so annoyed and Because once you have the surgery, you only need the stoma for a few months to divert the waste away from your joint site, basically. And then you can have it reversed. There's girls that I know who haven't had chemo, had their surgery after me, but have already had their reversal.
0: When you say stoma, Mm -hmm. what is a stoma?
1: So a stoma is, um, it can be in your large bowel and your small bowel. So if it's your small bowel, it's called an ileostomy. If it's in your large bowel, it's called a colostomy. And uh, what they do is they cut a hole in your stomach around the size of a twenty cent piece, maybe a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And they get your large, your small bow, pull it th- up through that hole. Yep. And then they um, slit a hole inside your small bow, and then they stitch that around that circle.
0: So when you eat, you eat normal normal meals, and you eat instead of processing through your. Your small bow, your large bow, your rectum, and your, your poo. Yours kind of goes through your small bow and then stops. Stops. It's made that entrance on the literally 20 cent coin external to your body near your yep. sort of stomach area and out comes the poo. Literally
1: imagine if you had a, a piece of paper sitting on top of a garden hose. You cut a hole in the piece of paper, you pull the garden hose up through your little hole in your piece of paper, yep. stitch the garden hose to the yes. hole in the paper and comes- then they just slit a little hole. Yeah.
0: And that's obviously then for the bag is that because poo literally comes out of your body through that hole created, it then goes into that bag.
1: Yeah. And so with the bag, you cut a hole inside the bag to your particular stoma size because for me, when I was going through chemo, the size of my stoma would change when I would have chemo. So on my on weeks, the stoma would be bigger and in my off weeks, it would shrink down a little bit smaller because I don't know if anybody's heard that, you know, when you um, have chemo treatment, the, you can get ulcers and things like that in your mouth and your, you know, your taste buds change all that kind of stuff. And so your throat is, is made out of the same thing that your colon's made out of. So right. it becomes irritated and, and changes shape.
0: Right. So that's, um, yeah, I think that's, it's a good summary. And I think we were actually talking offline before we started hit record I suppose like we're actually discussing if you should actually post a photo. You've done plenty of photos, which I love being your honest and open self of, you know, in your bra and undies or bikini to show this is what a bag looks like. Or, you know, your stoma babies, you refer to it, but you've never actually posted the physical with the bag, not there, what it actually looks like. And we're thinking, well, there are plenty of people on Instagram that, that do post it because it's their new normal. It's part of their body now. But I can also see that people do find it a bit confronting.
1: I was showing Hugo this girl's Instagram, um, and whenever she has posted pictures of her stoma, the Instagram
0: moderation, um, like
1: yeah, moderators blur the photo and say sensitive content.
0: She so have to click, um, to click to click to reveal the actual photo. So it's like if you do. I don't know, a medical gunshot wound or like these very confronting graphic images, it moderates it for all audiences. And then so we're kind of having that discussion. There's this this girl like Dahlia, she's actually got hashtag free free the stoma. Free the stoma. But I can see why for a lot of people it is confronting because it's like, well, I don't necessarily want to see that. But I think this whole podcast is about educating, educating as well as inspiring. I think one big way to educate is people going, what is a stoma? Oh, wow. That's what a stoma looks like. Well, yep. It is a bit confronting, but now I know exactly what people with a stoma live with. And, and what it's all about so i've
1: received so many messages from people all over the world who are just like oh my goodness you're so brave for just posting the photos with my bag like some people are living with stomas with these bags and they don't even tell their friends they're exactly. just mortified there's definitely two kinds of people there's one type of person that's like repulsed by even just the bag in general like i was like i pulled it out at one point like i was just showing my mother-in-law or something and um my one of my uncles was there too and I went to show her and he freaked out of me just showing the bag. Mm. He turned around and started walking in the other direction and freaked him out so bad. And then there's the other kind of people that are like, oh, that is so sick. Let me see it. Let me like, they want to ask questions.
0: I think it's an interesting point you did raise, Dalia, about a lot of people get like, oh, this is gross. I recently watched that SBS Insight preventing bowel cancer. And one of the responses that's quite common when people say, why don't you take a screening kit? Is because they say, "Oh, well, they're getting near their poo, and it's all just a bit gross. Like, oh, I don't want to do that. Poo's poo, and they find it's a very gross subject. But it's kind of a bit strange that here's people that don't even want to do a a screening kit, which is literally brushing a couple of brush strokes of your poo to see if you've got blood in your stool, and people find that, oh, no, 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 no way. So you can, which, see, you can for see, half
1: the population who ha- give birth. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know who are giving birth, yeah, or like just women in general dealing with their periods, like. People just don't like discussing it. And like, for example, I use something called a menstrual cup and um, I'm going to go deep here. A menstrual cup. So basically what it is, is it's like, do you know what it is here?
0: No, no idea.
1: So that it's like a little cup, little silicone cup. And instead of using a tampon, you put the cup in, right? And then all your menstruation goes into it. And then when you're in the shower, you pull out the cup. And so you can see it. It's very visual. It goes everywhere, washing down the drain, and then you put it back in. So it's meant to be good. Um, Tampons and pads are often, like, bleached with chemicals. And, you know, if you have tampons in, it can cause toxic shock syndrome, and you have to change them so often. It costs money, whereas this cup is reusable, so it's better for the environment. There's no clotting. You can keep it in for longer um, so I highly recommend it. Any girls out there that want any more information, please hit me up. Happy to share.
0: And I apologize for those male listeners who have just heard way too much.
1: Don't apologize. <laughs> I'm done. This is the whole thing. We're trying to break this stigma. Because sometimes I'll bring it up with women and be like, oh yeah, you know, I use this Metro Cup and I explain how isn't and they're like, oh, even they're repulsed by it. But it's, you know, something that women have to deal with daily.
0: I know, and look, i look. You can see, look, I, you can see both sides of the story with poo and blood and periods. You can see why people get a bit, you know, a bit off putting. They're gonna have
1: babies. They're gonna deal with their babies' poo. Like, I don't
0: know. I do like the whole breaking that stigma to talk about it because that's what's gonna encourage people to go off and get checked if they've got blood in their stools. You know, those types of things. We're we're very open people, obviously. Like if I've yeah. got, if I've got a blood in my stool or something like that, I'd tell Darla, like, oh, I woke up today, I've got this, this, and this, or you know, we're very open with each other, which. Is a good thing but that's because what we've experienced
1: I feel like after surgery I was I just did not care the other day I went in for my um joint test um and I'll explain what that is because I I did talk about it on the story but for those who don't follow us on Instagram um I had to have a joint test the other day so basically what they do is they get a catheter and stick it in your bum Mm. and then they put dye through the catheter and it goes up into your bow, and then they do a scan so what that does is it can um test to make sure that where the join is there's no leakage right yeah that's yeah, what yeah. we were discussing before that the chances of leakage are a lot higher the lower it is down your bow. so I went and had that test the other day and I was walking like I had one of the you know the open back gowns so you like push yeah, yeah. can hang out sometimes <laughs> I was just walking from one room to the next room. And the nurse was like, oh, do you want a towel or a blanket to like cover yourself? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like I just walked straight <laughs> through, but I don't know, but that's just me. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But and that's,
0: that's why we love you, darling. You're very open with it all.
1: One thing yeah. I will say, um, when I was first told that I had to have my stoma for the whole of my chemo treatment, I was quite bummed out and you know, it's going to miss all of summer. And I obviously didn't realize how easily I was going to adjust to the ileostomy. But the thing is, had my tumor not been so, Low down, I may not have had any symptoms. So Mm. the fact that it was as low as it was and it meant that I needed the ileostomy, not only has it taught me so much about people living with disabilities and invisible illnesses, but it potentially saved my life. Mm. Because if it was higher up, the blood may not have made it all the way down.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. This important note for people listening is exactly that. It's that for most people, the reason they've got, well, pretty much for everyone, the reason they've got a stoma is because for whatever reason, they they require it for their health. And for a lot of people, it saves their life. So it is something that I think a lot of people don't choose. No one chooses to have a stoma. No one goes, oh, I like that stoma looks fun. I'm going to have one, thanks. No one chooses <laughs> It's really
1: it. funny. No, it's really funny that you say that because the guy that invented it thought that was going to be the new way of life. Oh, really? So initially they, yeah. Oh, wow. Initially they um, they started them during the war, I believe. And then um, the guy that invented it was like, yeah, no, this is the new thing. No one's going to want to use their buttholes anymore. Everyone's going to get stomas and oh, that's wow. just going to be the new way that humans.
0: that's it that's interesting. so it's really funny that you say that but you raised a good point dale and i often ask you this is um you know how is life now living with a stoma and have you always been this confident with it and you did say that it did take a bit of an adjustment period like anything in life you do have to adjust it's a it's a completely new part of your whole mechanics of your body and your everyday life and you have to change your bags daily and you get new supplies and you have poo leaks like you often document and publicize but You're used to that now, but the initial adjustment period, what was that like?
1: Well, it only takes me like five minutes to change my bag now, maximum. But in the beginning, like there's, you know, steps that you need to learn how to do. And the first time we went to change it at home, I wasn't, you're supposed to kind of like prepare all the supplies and then take the bag off and then use your new supplies. But I hadn't done that properly and then it leaked and it got on me and I just burst into tears. My first leak was probably within the first week. It was just so overwhelming because I was just so tired from surgery. Mm. And probably for the first, I actually can't remember, I'll have to ask Dave, but I reckon the first month, I didn't change it without him standing next to me. Mm. So I was very fortunate that I had a supportive partner that was happy to stand there and help me through it. Um, and then I remember the first time I changed it, I changed it early in the morning all by myself and I just felt amazing. I just felt so liberated. And now I just don't even think twice about it.
0: I'm a little bit anxious still for the high possibility that I probably will need one. You know, I don't think the treatment I'm on's probably working the way it should and I probably will need one. If I don't think- What
1: what bit scares you? What so, you what's the bit that feels
0: weird? I don't know. I think it's just that- the initial shock factor of that adjustment to life to know that as humans we're so used to going to the bathroom doing bowel movements so I think knowing that you've got poo coming out of your body and you're kind of cleaning it up that way and then I suppose when you talk about poo leaks and things like that like it still does leaks yeah yeah leaks and stuff as a 27 year old bloke you know going out and thinking I'm gonna have poo leaks and this type of stuff like it Of course it's not ideal. It's something that, I don't know, I'm not really like down. I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to hate my life at all. But I'm a little bit anxious, that's all.
1: Yeah, it is. Going out is a little bit of a tricky thing, especially in the beginning. Do you know one thing that I'm very, very hyper aware of now is the quality of toilet paper. I'm (laughs) all over it. Like I know which places have good toilet paper and which places have bad toilet paper.
0: But I think there's nothing nothing worse than bad toilet paper, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, no, I bring um, spare wipes in my bag just in case. Oh, okay,
0: so, um, so how often do you have uh, when you say a poo leak? Like, is that basically a daily sort of? I say struggle. It's not really a struggle for you anymore, but a daily thing you have to have to deal with. Not at all. Okay.
1: I probably I probably will have a bag leak maybe like once a month, twice a month, and you know what? Usually, I can tell why. So either I haven't measured, like you can measure your stoma, and then like I said, you have to cut a hole in the bag. So if the bag hole is too small and the stoma is sitting around it, it'll cause a leak. Right. You know, I use a hairdryer. Once I change my bag, I use a hairdryer so that the adhesive sticks to my skin better. Right. So um, if I don't do that properly and also for me, my stoma is really close to my belly button and the base plate is a circle and that base plate sits over, over the top of my belly button. So there's an air pocket where my belly button is. So I have to use a bit of other tape to tape over my belly button to make a little bit of a bridge and then it goes on top. For you I, as well, it really just depends where they put it.
0: Yeah, true. And how often do you, because I know I hear people that they say they change it daily because that's just what they like doing. Some people say they can get sort of two, three days. Do you change it every day?
1: It depends on what products you use. So there's ones where the base plate sticks onto you, right, and then the bags clip on. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does that make sense? So then. Yeah. The base plate stays on and then you just sort of unclick the bag and then put on another bag. Right. So you can they can last like seven days, I'm told. Okay. For me, I change mine every second day.
0: And for you, it's literally like going to do a wee, like it's just second nature. Oh,
1: It's so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one day I'll shower with no bag on, so free in the shower, which is really nice. You can get some water running over it and um, you just shower as normal. And then on the opposite day, on the next day, I shower with the bag on. as water resistant. And I just use a hairdryer to dry it off.
0: And I've got um, it's, it's more like this is a, a podcast for me because I'm just <laughs> an episode for me. Is, I'm, I'm just like okay, asking me questions, like taking taking notes. But look at the, end of the day. This saying like this episode probably might not really relate to to everyone. But we thought that we've been both getting a few questions about it, so we thought, well, why not talk about it and make it into a little bit of a nugget episode? But I do have another question. I think it's the misconceptions with it and I often get this when I say I might need it and they go okay like a poo bag a big thing that irks people is the smell and they think that if I go out to a coffee shop I'm sitting there with a poo bag I've just got poo sitting there and everyone's like holding their nose can you kind of educate the listeners on that that it's kind of like this pretty vacuumed bag in a way that like smell just doesn't come wafting out or like no
1: way no there's um there's a filter that sort of stops that from happening yeah i've never had an issue with smell
0: and that's the big one i want to the big one as well for this episode is just educating people that when you hear stoma poo bag colostomy about any of these i guess expressions is that people with it live very normal lives and to a lot of people you wouldn't even know they've got it. Like there are probably people yeah. that you know that might have one. And a lot of people do get self-conscious. They wear baggy clothes, et cetera. But, you know, if it wasn't for Dahlia putting bikini shots up because she's proud to kind of educate people and kind of show, look, this is what's almost saved my life, you know, you wouldn't even know you've got it because you can cover it up quite easily. And a lot of guys do that. And it's interesting. One of, I had a mate who said to me, he said, um, you know, oh, well, when you go to the beach, etc. he said, oh, you can just wear a Rashi, you know, you cover it up. And I thought, well, actually, to be honest, with you, I don't care. Like if I have it, I don't need to cover it up. I'll proudly have my stoma and if, you know, that's that. I think it's, it's interesting that people's first reaction is that, oh, well, you can cover it up with a rash or you can cover it up.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like they're trying to make you hide it still.
0: Yeah. They're like, oh, but you I, sh- I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't care. That. It's, I don't care to be honest. If it's, if it's there to, to save my life and it means I won't get bowel cancer, then you know what? It's just, it's going to be part of me.
1: Go to your WhatsApp and look at the photo that I sent to you of myself at yoga the in, um, I might post this photo on the 25 sailor Instagram so everyone can see. So are you looking at that photo? Yeah, I've yeah. got the bag. You can't even see it through my leggings.
0: You literally can't like, see it. I mean, it. you can
1: see a little bit.
0: Well, not even. Like, I'm wearing
1: skin tight leggings and you can't see it.
0: Yeah, that's actually very true. And that's the thing, you know, at the end of the day, like it's, and that's the biggest message we want to get across to people. And I suppose this is something that I also like to get across to people is that you can live very normal lives with stomas and bags and there's a lot of people out there, and Dahlia touched on it, I think you said before, the invisible illness. And I think we have, we have indirectly touched that throughout a few of these episodes, invisible illness. So this is something that you don't actually know someone's got unless they, they show you. And that's why I put that photo up um, the other day on 25 Stay Alive to show myself with a bald head through chemo effects and Dahlia with a full head of purple hair. Uh, with with a stoma it once again it just goes to really reiterate that invisible illness piece that you know you might not always know if someone's got cancer or, or you
1: problem. would have no idea that people have cancer i went out um the other day and um it was interesting because I, i'd had a few drinks and i went to the beer and barbecue fest so everybody else there had, had a few drinks and i haven't even told you this hugo but there was so you know it sort of comes up people say all oh, like what do you do for work or whatever and you know for particular people i'll say you know I actually have cancer, I'm going through treatment and they are, A, firstly, dumbfounded, like they just cannot believe that I have cancer. But then also I felt that people were much more honest in the questions that they were asking me. I felt like when you tell people that they that you have cancer, they are a bit apprehensive about asking you questions, they don't want to offend you, they don't want to upset you. But after someone's had a few drinks, they're a little bit more like loose lipped and I actually really appreciated. it. I feel like I had much more honest conversations about mm. my treatment with people when they didn't feel like they were trying to protect my feelings. I don't know. That was just my experience. So it's hard It's, it's hard because I know there would be some people that just absolutely do not want to talk about their cancer and that's totally fine. But for me, that's I really appreciated people being on it.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. And, and I think it's like exactly like some people just don't like talking about it for whatever reason or if some people and I actually messaged, um, Natalie the other day we had Natalie on the podcast um love Natalie and she I uh, just said you know how are you going and she said how am I going I said look you know I've got a few things going on like my gut isn't great at the moment I had a few you know hurdles and speed bumps and I said you know but can, it can always be worse um, that type of mentality which you know I, I do think that but then Natalie actually replied which I really liked uh and she said don't feel like you can't feel sorry for yourself because you totally can and I quite like that part of it too that you I know, struggle with that yeah and there's some, but some. I think it was a very powerful thing because I'm always kind like, of, oh, I could always be worse. That's fine. This and that. Now Natalie actually said she's like, look, don't feel like you can't feel sorry for yourself because you totally can. It's it's totally normal. And I think that's uh, very important to express your feelings sometimes because it can actually be quite positive to kind of let your emotions out and go. You know what? I do feel a bit sorry for myself. I'm struggling. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing.
1: I'm just so glad that I am able to share because I I just feel so sad for the people that don't feel like they can share the fact that they have ileostomy. Mm. You know, I feel like, you know, they're feeling shameful of it or they're embarrassed or, I don't know, it just makes me I just empathize with those people that feel like that. Cause for me talking about it and explaining it to people makes me feel better.
0: By you kind of like the conversation we had about normalizing mental health and discussions around that. I think by you normalizing the conversations around your invisible illness that you've got with your stoma, for example, or people, sorry, with invisible illnesses, it might encourage people to go, you know what? Here's Dahlia in a bikini showing off her first stoma. Yet I'm really embarrassed about it. Why? And it might encourage women to go, you know what, actually who cares? Or men. I've got a stoma. I'll be I'll be proud of it. It's part of me now. Um, and you've definitely I actually
1: feel like it is proud of me, part of me. Well,
0: it is. It but you you know what? You've done that to me. And you've the fact that I might need one and look, I might not, but you know, there's a high possibility that I will. You've definitely made it a lot easier for me even now, although I don't have one now, to kind of say, you know what, if I do end up having it, look at Dahlia like, you know, she's just so positive with it all. And I think I'll I'll treat it in that same mindset of going, it's part of me now. I'm not gonna wear a rashie at the beach, I'm not gonna hide it.
1: No, I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one um, boon for having um, ileostomy. Luggage weight for traveling on airplanes does not apply to you. You can take as much shit on the plane. Yep.
0: Oh, that's really good. Yep.
1: Because I was over when I was coming home from Melbourne and I just went up to the front desk and I was like, oh, half of this stuff, medical supplies. And they were like, yep, go ahead. That was it.
0: That's so good.
1: Yeah. Well, it's true because you have to bring supplies with you.
0: Oh, there you go. There's a buzz.
1: And I Um, mean, and that's the thing. Like, you can use disabled toilets, but I feel heaps awkward using them. I don't know. I feel like I have to like half open up my shirt, being like, I have a medical condition. (laughs) I
0: know, and you feel like people are judging you. Like, oh, look at her. Yeah.
1: Now, next time you see someone who you don't think looks disabled going into a disability toilet, maybe just uh,
0: hold, hold your breath. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point. It comes down to the whole invisible illness thing. You. You don't know what people you have. You literally have no idea. You have no idea. People could be walking out there with something very debilitating to them and you've got no idea and you're judging them thinking, oh, just because they're not in crutches or a wheelchair. So that we will look to start wrapping things up. We like to keep our little nugget episodes around that sort of below 30 minutes if we can. And we just thought today's episode would be a great way to educate and expose people to life with a stoma, what a stoma is, how is really adjusted to it, and the fact that I also might need one, uh, but also kind of living with that invisible illness thing. Uh, but the only other question I had, Dahlia, for you, and I haven't asked you this before and it might be personal, so please don't answer it. We can edit it Let's out. Go. How has your sex life um, been affected with a stoma or has it affected it at all is kind of my question because I actually have been asked that. Someone said, oh, is it going to affect your sex life? And I said, I actually don't know. I'm going to ask Dahlia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I think that it's like... Maybe initially I may have felt a little bit uncomfortable, but I guess it's different for me. Dave and I have been together for a very long time, so Mm. we're very comfortable with each other. I would just make sure to empty it um, beforehand or not eat too much beforehand. Um, But for me it makes no difference because the thing is, I will also say, your stoma, despite it being an organ exposed outside your body, it has no nerve endings. Mm. So if you touch it, you can't feel it. Like you can't actually, there's no sensation. Yep, yep which right. is strange because it looks like an open yeah, one. You yeah, think yeah. it's going to be like super cool. You can't feel it at all. Oh, that's a good, So you can get these like little sort of plugs that you can put into your stone and it sits flush against your skin. So you don't actually have the bag, mm. you know, flopping about.
0: Yeah, you, can be, um, you can also get, can't you get these, um, they're almost like, I think they're called like stealth straps and you can kind of like strap it around so it can kind of hold it yep. in place. But people go to like mm. when they go to the gym and things like that, just to kind of, Keep it nice and compact as well. So yeah, there
1: there's are like little belts and things that you can put on yeah. and things like that. But I don't use any of that. I um, it doesn't faze me at all.
0: You're loud and proud.
1: Yeah, for sure. Sorry um, if you're listening, Mum and
0: dad. And look, all my brothers.
1: And, that will feel the most awkward.
0: And <laughs> you'll, you'll be happy to know we won't go into any more detail about that uh, sex, <laughs> yes. sex question, but I just, well, I was curious and it's a few people actually. Most asked.
1: people are pretty interested. Yeah. it's, it's I've had pe- A lot of people ask me that.
0: And it's a, it's a fair point. And that's why the beauty of this podcast is that nothing's off limits. So we ask each other anything <laughs> that pops up. <laughs> um, so now that we will look to end things there, but thanks everyone again for for tuning into this week's little nugget episode hopefully you've learned a few things. I know I definitely have. And I just, if will. anyone
1: else has any other questions, like yeah. message me, talk to me. I, obviously I don't have any issues discussing um, the stoma or like I said, that um, menstrual cup, like happy to have these kinds of conversations and help educate people on, um, on these topics. Cause it's something I'm very passionate about spreading the awareness.
0: No, for sure. I think that's a good point there. And it's something we do actually really like. And I've, um, I get messages from people to ask me about testicular cancer symptoms or this, that, and the other, or, you know, to do with my current journey or, you know, no doubt you get lots of questions daily, but we actually really like that. And also if you listen to an episode like this one and you've got feedback, we love that. The more messages and DMs we get, we always reply to every single one of them is because we love that feedback on what you thought, how we can improve. And also if you've got any questions that uh, you actually kind of pertain to yourself. So Always reach out. Thanks very much. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Uh, it means a lot to us. Like we often mention, it helps us climb up the, the all-important charts and helps us get seen by more people. So please subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. and thanks very much for tuning in. Bye, everybody. No, hang on. What's um, Chinese for goodbye?
1: Yeah, I know. I tried to Google it. Hold
0: on. Get, get Siri to do it. Thanks, Zaijian, of course. My, my twin brother will be appalled. <laughs> Zaijian. Zaijian. <laughs>
1: Zaijian
0: you've been listening to the 25 stay alive podcast subscribe on itunes or spotify to get fresh new weekly episodes follow us on facebook and instagram at 25 stay alive and feel free to send us a message we'd love to hear from you see you next time